This is another episode of Clean Tech Talk in which Clean Technica interviews clean tech leaders from around the world. Today we're talking with Ross Gerber, co-founder, president, and CEO of Gerber Kawasaki Wealth and Investment Management. We're continuing our conversation with Ross Gerber on Clean Tech Talk, a Clean Technica podcast series. Listen to other episodes on cleantechnica.com and Clean Tech Talk. We had an article uh, last week, last Saturday. No Wall Street, Tesla has no cash or liquidity problem. It's it's a yeah, it's sort of a it's a financial piece. It's a it's a numbers piece, but it's also written in English so that people can read it. But you know this this person uh, wrote it just trying to explain that. Just like last year, there was a tremendous amount of hype about, you know, Tesla was going to crash any day. And Elon kept saying, no, we're fine. And nobody believed him. And now, again, there's like, there's this this hype that Tesla's going to crash any day. They're running out of money any day. And this guy put in good good perspective, the financials of, no, they're fine. They're good. You know, I mean, yeah, any any company could could collapse. But, you know, they they have money in the bank. They have orders coming in. They have uh, this avenue, this avenue, this avenue. Can you speak a little more on the financial side for more normal people? Yeah. What what is get? Why does the why does the financial press, the business press get the? Why do they get this story so warped? Why do they feel propel this this discussion of Tesla's about to crash? Do do they not do run the numbers? Well, no, really no. But, but remember, okay. So look, so you can do numbers two ways. You can do numbers forward, or you can do numbers backwards. Okay. So if I do numbers backwards over the last 12 months of Tesla, you go back to a year, Tesla was making 1,500 cars a week. They're burning tons of capital as they're back, desperately trying to ramp up. There's no question a year ago, Tesla was in trouble. I mean- If, if they had Tesla, another quarter, like the second quarter- Yeah, they, dude, it if, would they, be, look, they, would if they wouldn't have got to 5,000 cars, they were in trouble. Um, Doug Fields or Felds just totally screwed up the production line. Elon and him had this fantastical view of how things were going to work. It didn't work. And essentially, Elon came in there and fixed it. And that was our bet. Our bet was that he would fix it. We, we, we wrote him for the last six years. He'll figure this out. And it turns out Jerome figured it out with the yeah, 10. Yeah, and Jerome, we, you know, we interviewed him. This is on the record, so it'll come out in an article and, and uh, maybe podcasts. Uh, but, you know, they... Elon gave gave him and his team fourteen days to fix to get a another yeah. production lineup. He told us, you know, it took he failed. It took him fifteen days, <laughs> but they did right. it in fifteen days. We talked to one of the people yeah. involved. It's, who it's was, literally incredible what they did. It's, it's insane. Incredible. It's amazing. Now, on the same respect, it's scary because if they would have failed at this, maybe Tesla wouldn't be here today. So so it's not like those people were that wrong a year ago. We were nervous. We just right. believed in him. You know, right. that's the difference because we bet on people as much as the company. And so, you know, we're sitting there going, please, Elon. And, but we knew he was sleeping in a factory. We knew he was doing everything possible. And we believed him. And look, they got it to work. You know, like this is amazing. So now we're a year later and they're still banging on the same nonsense. And the company is in a completely different place now than a year ago. So if you go back 12 months, Tesla's, previous 12 months revenue was much lower than this next 12 months revenue. So we're, we're factoring this year around $30 billion in revenue up from over 20 billion last year. So and now, now I guess the narrative has just shifted to instead of Tesla can't produce these number of cars. Now the narrative has shifted. Tesla doesn't have demand for this many cars. They don't have demand or that they can't produce them profitably again. 
Um, and we know that they are producing them profitably, so that's nonsense. The demand thing is the silliest argument I've ever heard. You know, obviously there's a price, you know, how many people can afford this car versus that car. But as this $35,000 model is now released, everybody's going to buy this car. I, I have no the doubt. Work, about and for sure, midterm, long-term, when people start to realize this car, when they get in this car to experience it, it's better than a BMW 3 Series or Mercedes. It's not comparable. It's, it's, and it's total cost of ownership of a Camry, a high-end Camry. Right. You know, it's it's going to sell like gangbusters. It's crazy. I, think, I mean, I paid 55000 for mine. Yeah. And, and like I'm looking at, you can get this car now for 35000 And granted, it has less involved, you know, because I would never not have autopilot because it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but like, and the premium sound system is amazing. So, you know, and there's no sound coming from the car. So I can hear my jazz music like perfectly, yeah. you know, like, so I, but if I, there is a, there is a question I'm about the sustainable and have a cool car for 35 grand, this is the way you get in, but it's a platform that you can upgrade after you get the vehicle. Right. Yeah. And then I think, I think Tesla made probably a big chunk of money on the autopilot offer that went this quarter because there's a lot of people who held off on autopilot and then yeah. went, went for it. And then that's a no cost extra revenue for Tesla. But there is oh. a question about the, the, Short term. So, so let me finish about the, the, okay. the financial thing that you asked, because Tesla paid down their debt. Now, nobody does that anymore. So that's like, oh, my God, you know, every quarter Netflix is issuing, you know, bond, not every quarter, every year, three billion in bonds. Lyft just raised over two billion dollars on their garbage financials. You know, there is so much money out there to even infer that Tesla would struggle to get money from somebody is like the silliest thing I've ever heard if you're going to buy Lyft stock, right? So like, um, we know that's not the issue. The issue is Elon's stubbornness and his decision that he's not going to take this money. He and, just, but I think he just got fed up with the. That's the right. Games. He doesn't want to and deal with like, that. I don't want those games. And if he doesn't want, and he to, doesn't want to give them fees, and that's why they won't upgrade the stock. So that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, Moody, the Moody's Adam that was Jonas is going to upgrade it until they get a fee. You know, that's yeah. the way Morgan Stanley works. That's the way JP Morgan works. It's a scam. Okay. These investment banks are a scam. Write it down. S-C-A-M. Scam. Okay. That's the fraud. The people selling Lyft stock. We have a great product. headline for this it's podcast. Fraud. <laughs> no, it's, it's absurd. It's, it's like crazy that, that Wells Fargo, the most corrupt institution in the world, you know, it's like, like, really? Like, these are the firms saying Tesla is a scam, right? So, you know, the, he won't give the fees to Wall Street. They won't upgrade the stock. Okay, that's the way it is. So now they're paying down debt, but they're running low on actual cash. There's some viewpoint in business that, you know, you want to have this big cash cushion like, you know, Uber has or Snapchat, especially if you're losing money, because that'll keep you in business. So Snapchat would be out of business right now if it weren't for the IPO. You know, so they're just burning IPO dollars while they continue to bumble around losing tons of money, right? Now here's Tesla, a totally focused and successful company growing revenue 50% to 30 billion. And they think this is gonna go bankrupt? I mean, JCPenney isn't even bankrupt. <laughs> yeah, you have rec insane record demand for an obviously breakthrough vehicle. Yeah, so so it's just, so, well, I think you explained it. Um, and the, the case with Elon, do you think, uh, do you think he, he, there's potential he would change his mind on, on the, you know, on this matter of, you know, financing and, and you know, get on friendly terms yes. with these Wall Street yes. guys you again? Know, so the problem with what Elon's doing, Elon's doing the way I run my business. So I don't want to take money from people. So we run our business 
to, to, to break even. So it's like, I don't need to go get money from somebody and we invest everything into growth that we make. But I'm not a capital intensive business. I'm a people intensive business. And we have leverage that car companies don't have, like you needing factories and physical investment. So he's got to put out a few billion before he can make any money. So in my business is great because I can put out money and get money back pretty quickly. He's got to put out money two years in advance to get money back, right? Like in China. So, you know, he's got 500 million from the Chinese. He's going to need probably another 500 million to a billion dollars to finish that factory. So he can fund that internally, but it gets really tight. And that's what happens. So what most people and people like so, Gene Munster. So, so it's either going to get tight and then they can attack, the, attack Tesla for being tight on, you know, tight on cash, not a huge cash cushion, or he can raise money and they can go back. And just like, but it's, it's not as much about tight because that's what they're doing right now. It's, it's more about how fast do I want this to happen? So one argument I think would be worth making that is it's silly that Tesla's trying to make a profit right now. It's just for the sake of it. But in reality, I would rather have them focus on the platform, like building a giga in Europe and just like getting two, $3 billion at a 45 or $50 billion valuation. That's barely any dilution, you know? So you get, you know, you sell a few shares and you get two, $3 billion, but you speed up the process. And I fear that we need to do this just for society's sake. And like, it's better for him to just take a well, few I think that's what's confusing. You know, there's, there's a lot of smaller, smaller investors, shareholders who I, I, I've been, you know, I, I'm in touch with in different ways. And this has always been a, this has been a concern for a long time is that this was slow growth. And Elon said a couple of times that it's not going to slow anything down, funding everything internally, that they, it doesn't matter. That's not the bottleneck. Um, um, I, I don't know if that's true. He's got bonds. I think that's a little optimistic. He, yeah, he's optimistic. Yeah. You know, and what were you going to say about? Yeah, I just think, you know, once again, he's the kind of guy, you're not going to stop this guy. He will die before you will stop him. And, and so, you know, we're betting on him, but, you know, he's playing this game the way he's going to play it. And, and, and I, I believe he'll be successful in the end, but I, I do think it's the harder way to do it. Yeah, but he's he's a fan of doing things the hard way sometimes. That's right. Everything's <laughs> the hard way. At Actually, he has a great he has a, yeah, and he has a great great quote somewhere where he, the if he believes people deserve the the deserve money rewards if they do the hard thing, and I, so I think he's he's a fan of doing the hard thing if that's he what he started a car company and a space company. Yeah. I mean, yeah. see, and I'm what? the opposite. I don't want to work that hard, <laughs> exactly. you know. I'm not, I don't want to sleep in the office, you know. I'm yeah. trying to figure out how to make money without doing anything, to be honest. <laughs> and, uh, and what you That's were going to say, you something, about, something about Gene Munster? Yeah, I was going to say Gene's a, a bull on Tesla, you know, and, and, and we were discussing this issue at the Model Y together. Um, you know, this guy's super smart, and, 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 and it's true. He might not need the capital, but he should take some capital because it just creates that cushion and their ability to invest a little bit more and so, so let me ask you so if he took capital if how do you think these guys would respond you know that this camel okay you know the guys do you I think, think the stock would, would go up it wouldn't matter i mean you know if you're arguing you that the company's at risk and then they I had mean, a billion I mean, do you think they would capital? get friendlier because he's finally doing what they wanted him to do before? what do you mean they get upgraded the next week yeah come on dude <laughs> And, uh, and do you I went to Penn, you know, like all these guys, do you think then that they would flip, you know, in a few months, like go after them again in a, in a way as, I mean, I don't know if there's any, no, because you know, what you now. do is you, you, you do an offering, you, let's say you raise a billion and a half and then you put a shelf out there for another 
billion, you know, so they think they can make another commission in the future. And then they love you until you, you take the other billion, you know, you got to do business. So, with so what do you think is the chance you know? that Elon comes around this year and, and says, okay, we'll, we'll. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. You More know, likely 2020 50, or 50, you know, like, yeah. I, I think there's a chance he'll do it because it's just smart to do and it's better for the mission and he can speed up the process versus being stubborn and counter to, I mean, he's stubborn, but counter to what people say, he, he will change. He will re reverse a decision. Totally. If he, if he thinks it was a bad decision, he will admit that he made this one thing is that irritates me about criticisms, criticisms of him, of him. People say that he never admits mistakes, but he admits mistakes of, of like, yeah. like absurdly for a CEO of a major company. Yeah, like, I agree. I find him kind of humble in a way. Like yeah, he was totally stuff about a why. And I was like, you know, he looked like he was going to cry. You know, it's like the guy has gone through a lot, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's I think a he's a human guy. And that's why I think so many people like him. Totally. And I think he's super confident when he feels something, you know, when he thinks he really knows something, but he's also, I, I would say super humble. I think he's a really humble guy and extremely open with, um, thing i mean one of the most absurd things was a few while back when the stock was like around 100 or something and he told cbs or someone yeah there's the stock is actually pretty maybe overpriced for for what we've achieved or something and, and it was like i remember that actually what yeah what ceo would say that to a major I'm media like, no, thanks, dude. Like, you know? like dude don't say that you know but he's that that honest and i think but like, i went from like 35 to 100 in like a week yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you I got in happy that week. Yeah, yeah. I remember that, that time period. And that's, that's been what a fundamental one for me. Um, I think it was around. The thing that I'm most angry about is that I had like almost 4,000 shares personally at like, it was like 25 or 30. And when it jumped to like a hundred, I sold half of it. You know, I was like, dude, yeah. Yeah. easy money. I'm going to Hawaii, you know? And, and it's like, if I still have those 4,000 shares today, They'd be worth millions. Yeah. You know, well, millions. Ron, Ron Barron has said something similar. I, I got some intel from uh, the Abu Dhabi government used to have, someone told me 10%, but it was actually like 7.6% uh, at around right. IPO. And then uh, had a story on this, but I didn't name them. Um, but it, it was definitely them. We got confirmation. Well, no, the biggest investors in Tesla was Mercedes owned 10% right, and Toyota. Then, and yeah. they both sold their stock. Yeah, in Abu Dhabi, I mean, they had 7.6%. Then it was 7% a couple of months later. And then what I was told is they got an email or letter from Elon saying like, hey, you know, it's going to be a tough period. Hold tight for 24, 36 months, but, you know, we'll get through this, whatever. And the person telling me this was laughing. He was like, you don't send an email like that to investors like yeah. that. They sold everything the next day. So they got out 7% the next day. I'll say this is 100% confirmed by this is confirmed. Don't have to worry about who confirmed it. But, uh, but uh, this happened, and uh, and they just got spooked. They didn't believe. But you know, also Ron Barron got in early, then got out. And I mean, right. I think, uh, yeah, it it was. I mean, us traders can't be married to a stock, so it's like, you know, if CEO emails me <laughs> that things are going wrong, it's probably you know I'm going to do what I need to do. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much. We really hugely appreciate everything. You know, we've got a lot of. You know, I want to leave you with one thought. I don't know if you talked to some of the people in the factory, but one of the things that hit me about this experience was th that they said, you know, his leadership style is unlike any other CEO I've seen in sort of modern business. You know, this is a guy who's leading by example. There's nobody working harder at Tesla than actually Elon. And they're super motivated by him. But when they were talking about him sleeping in the office and they said, he, actually, his chief of staff assistant guy also stayed with him here in the office. And I said, well, where this guy sleeping? He's like, actually, 
he slept on the couch. Elon gave him the couch and Elon actually slept under the desk or something. And I was like, first of all, this is insane. Like who would do this? But I was like, that's the kind of leadership that is so rare in today's business world where here's a CEO who's willing to fight it out on the front lines with his, his team and literally sleep on the floor so his assistant could sleep on the couch. That's the guy I'm investing with and I'm that's, investing with him for the long term. That's an amazing anecdote. That's, that's going to have to lead on the article, I think. That's, that's really awesome. And, and I mean, he tweeted once uh, about you know, executives at GM or Volkswagen or whatever. They have the, you know, these private elevators. They don't have to. Yeah, know, look like, at Carlos Ghosn. He got arrested for stealing too much. Yeah, well, that's a, yeah, that's another crazy story. But but yeah, we we talked to we went through a couple of factories, um, and uh, I I said thank you to every basic worker I could you know I said hello to and I and I talked to them for a minute if I could and people were happy. I mean, people were yeah. people were happy to be doing good work, happy at the company, you know, happy at the with the leadership it seemed. You know, I I think I was uh, motivated. I, I came back to work. Yeah. I was like, we got to work harder here, guys. Yeah, no, I was, I was, uh, it was like when I, when I drove the Model 3 the first time, I wrote this article, sorry, Elon, Model 3 much better than I expected. And he, he retweeted that, but I, I, he was, I was, one, I was, I was actually, I, despite fighting it, despite, you know, rebutting it, the, the FUD had sunk in a little bit, but I had absorbed some of that FUD and I had, right. you know, thought somehow, somewhere in me, I, I, I had concern about the doors or the a navigation screen or something and you drive it and you're like no this is a freaking awesome car this is amazing yeah, I love the car. and then and then the second part was you know we had a model s here in europe 2015 and um the model 3 was so much better and i was I like know. this is just insane how much you've improved the model 3 over the 2015 model s or and and it was just like you know i you know you when you have these moments you have these moments where you go through the factory and you're just like this is better than i you know I've yeah. let the fight affect me, and this is better than I thought. No, I brought my wife just so I could like <laughs> ask her, like, am I crazy? Like, is this awesome or am I crazy? You know, like, is this a great investment or am I crazy? You know, and I and 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 even the other day, I was like, honey, you were there. Like, am I crazy or is this company kicking butt? And she's like, no, it was awesome. You know, and I was like, you know, this is. <laughs> I took my wife with me for the day. You know, like what I do. You know, I don't even think yeah. she knows what I do. Um, but it was quite a day. You know, and. Um, and, and I think it's just incredible what they've accomplished. And I'm so it's insane. grateful. It's totally insane. So many people are driving these electric cars and they're such great cars because, you know, I have small children. One of the things I realize is like one of these short sellers, this Mark Spiegel guy who I'm on the show on with, you know, he doesn't have children. And I was sitting here thinking, you know, oh. it's so different when you have a little pet dog and you're an older man and you sort of say like, oh, my future is the next 20 or 30 years. But when you look at your kids like this morning and I, you know, I'm kissing my kids goodbye for school and they're three and six years old. And I go in 50 years, you know, what's their earth going to be? Yeah. You know, I have a responsibility to try to make it better. Yeah. My, da my daughters, my daughters are two, two and four, two and yeah, four. I mean, their futures are imperiled. And if you deny that fact, you're just being ignorant, you know, and we've got to do this. And, and that's why what you're doing is great. I, I love, you know, the, the material you're putting out the focus. I, I do read, you know, what you guys do. And, and Thank I really, you. <laughs> no, I do. That's why I wanted to be on the podcast too, because I, I love the work you guys do and, and it needs to be done yeah. and it needs to be done. So well, I was, I was telling Nancy fund, I, I wouldn't, I didn't start this. I wouldn't, I don't think I had, would have had the uh, insight to do something like that, but I joined in 2008 and um, 
it's been a lucky ride, a fun ride, but it's just tremendously important. I had no idea how important this would be, would become. We, inf- I mean, I, I will say we can't really say much, but we, we have influenced some major automakers with some of our stories, putting things into context. Putting- oh, for sure. So, we, you know, we're hopefully having an impact. You know, of course, it's not Tesla level. No, nobody's Tesla level. But we're trying to do our part. And we, we appreciate you doing your part. Well, that's but, why I retweet and do what I can to get people to read your stuff. Because you know, where I'm from, people are pretty aware. But there's a lot yeah. of people who aren't. Yeah. And I mean, I once upon a time, I was, you know, concerned for my future watching, uh, uh, learning about climate change. But I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old as well. And it's really concerning to think... Uh, the world they're gonna have to survive and have to have to succeed yeah. and it's gonna be really a, a challenge so well i was looking down the, the the barrel of a hurricane in hawaii a few weeks ago that was coming straight at me and the hawaiians telling me there's never been a hurricane go north south ever this was could, could wipe out Kauai again they're still recovering i mean half of Kauai is just destroyed right now from previous rains and like it's like I'm, I, we had to move from the beach because the storm surge and, and the hurricane kind of missed us, thank God. But when you see these like 80 and 90 miles per hour winds and like, I was like scared for my family. And when, like, and when you stay where we were, we moved inland. And when and, you get people saying we've never seen anything like this. Oh yeah. Who've been there their whole lives. And, and I can say the same thing about the weather here in California. I've never seen it like this my whole life. I grew up here. Um, it was from the rain to the cold to the heat or whatever. And the fires, it's never been like this. We just can't deny the reality that we all face. And, and so once again, thank you for bringing awareness to this. Thank, thank you. Um, you. I mean, you, everybody's doing their my part. Job. My job is actually to make money. But, oh, you're, you're uh, good at the word. <laughs> you're good at <laughs> but, that. But what you're doing is really noble and I appreciate it. We could probably talk for weeks. Well, hopefully we'll meet again sometime and sure. uh, uh, maybe have a joint factory tour or something, gigafactory or something. But yeah. uh, appreciate hopefully it. in China. Yeah, China. Yeah. Uh, enjoy, enjoy California. We'll uh, chat soon. Yeah. Take care. Thanks for having me.